Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Dream Shakes The Dream Take the number one podcast for SB Nation's The Dream Shake. My name is Michael, the Hebrew Hammer Brown. And tonight we are live here on Spotify Green Room with the 2021 uh, emphasis on the free agency for the Houston Rockets. We encourage any and all Houston Rockets fans to come hang out with Myself and Raymond Lucas, who will be here in just a few minutes, it appears. So, once again, this is SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take, hosted by myself, Michael, the Hebrew Hammer Brown. And we are, again, live here on Spotify Green Room. Once again, we will be discussing all things Houston Rockets free agency this evening and once you come here into the room let me know if you would like to discuss Houston Rockets free agency hit that request to speak button and you can come up here on the platform here on Spotify Green Room to talk about all things Houston Rockets free agency my baby anyway so we've got a couple things here to Discuss once again. This is not necessarily a Houston Rockets draft talk, but we can be convinced myself and Ray Lucas when he gets here to talk Houston Rockets draft. This show, this episode is all about Houston Rockets free agency. So, with the amount of free agents available in this year's draft, come up. Hit that request to speak button. Let me know what you think 
what direction you would like to see the Houston Rockets go in this offseason. There's a ton of options. There's a lot of guys that I would like to discuss, particularly. Uh, we'll get started on that here in a few minutes. But once again, this is SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take podcast live here on Spotify Green Room. Uh, free agency. We got to talk about the Rockets. Uh, first of all, let's break down the uh, situation that the Houston Rockets have as it pertains to free agency this summer. When you look at the team in its entirety uh, as it pertains to free agency, you look at guys like, let's start at the top of the roster. On, in, on the roster this upcoming season, guys that they have already locked in to contracts. You look at a guy like John Wall. John Wall is guaranteed $44.31 million next season. He will be here next season, barring a trade from the Houston Rockets to uh, and as I'm talking about John Wall, I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Mr. Ray Lucas. Ray, a happy Thursday evening to you, sir. Thank you, man. It's always my voice was a little gone there, but <laughs> thank you, man. It's always a pleasure to be on with you. Hey, man, every time you and I get together, it's always magic, right? Yep. Always. Um, so we're we're busy breaking down before we get to the free agency talk for this season. What the Rockets can look to in outward free agency guys that are available outside of the Houston Rockets roster. We're looking at who is going to be tied to this roster next season. You look at John Wall, guaranteed forty four point three million dollars. That's a lot of money, man. Yeah, that's a ton. I'd be. Really surprised if he's still on the roster next year. Well, I don't know if I'd be that surprised considering how big his contract is. I mean, we've seen how difficult it was for them to trade Westbrook last year. They had to bring in a big contract like John Wall. So getting rid of that's going to be a little difficult just because contenders don't usually have that much cap space. But it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with them. Yeah, and, and before we get to individual players, just running through a, a rest of the breakdown, you look at Eric Gordon – also on the, the books next year for a guaranteed $18.22 million contract. Christian Wood at $13.7 million. DJ Augustine making $7 million next season. Um, you look at a guy like Avery Bradley, who's on a team option for $5.9 million. Do you expect Avery Bradley to be back next year with the Rockets or no? I. Uh, be really surprised if he was I think I just yeah I don't really see them in that fit especially if they were to draft Jalen Green and pick another guard in the draft I think it's just such a guard heavy roster and Avery Bradley's aging he doesn't really fit the timeline and I think for him he was a factor on the Lakers last time he was playing with a contender I think he's going to try to get back to that but I wouldn't I'd be surprised if Eric Gordon is still a rocket after the opening night of the draft. I'd be okay. or is it, Yeah, I I think that they're gonna trade him and find a way to get draft picks back. And I don't think it would necessarily result in them trading up for the number one pick, like combining those draft picks, but I just think if you wanna really rebuild this team and get youth around then the best thing to do would be to get rid of him because there's other teams that are willing to take on that contract and there's a lot that they could do with draft picks. I think, like I said, I keep saying this, but I think it's going to be a really interesting offseason because, one, it's quickly approaching, and, two, they're in a unique position where they're rebuilding a team that already has talent that we've seen. Like, we've seen Christian Wood have a really impressive season. We've seen Kevin Porter blow up in the second half of the season. They'll be bringing in either... It seems like either Jalen Green or Evan Mobley. I don't think they'll – I mean, they might get up to number one, but just speaking as of right now, one of those guys. So I think they're in a unique situation where they don't have to just get rid of everything. And it's going to it's gonna be fun. No, I mean, I'm, I'm totally with you. When you break down the rest of this roster, you look at DJ Wilson has a qualifying offer of $6.4 million, I don't believe. The Rockets will be making that qualifying offer to DJ Wilson. 
You've got Daniel House on the books for $3.89 million. Bruno Caboco on the books for $2.3 million. Kevin Porter. First of all, Kevin Porter Jr. being on the books next year for $1.8 million is disgustingly great for this roster. Would you agree, Ray? Yeah, that is truly a blessing. And they should enjoy it now because eventually that day is going to come when they have to pay him. And they definitely will pay him, I'd imagine. But, yeah, just having that – I mean, the guy scored 50 in his first season as a Rocket. So being able to bring that back and not having to necessarily pay a high price for it is always super nice. So breaking down the rest of the roster before we get to a a candid conversation between Ray, you know, between, you know, you and myself, because I feel like you and I have to have a heart-to-heart with this roster. Um, but Kevin Porter Jr., $1.8 million, ridiculously great. The Rockets have a team option on Jay Sean Tate for $1.5 million. I feel like they're going to pick that up for next year. Don't you Don't you agree? Yep, easy decision there. Okay. And KJ Martin, same uh, deal, literally the same amount of money, $1.5 million. And then Kyrie Thomas uh, is on the books for $1.8 million. Um, let me ask you this. Right. And and as we have some more people coming into this room, if you guys would like to talk about Houston Rockets free agency 2021, hit that request to speak button. Ray and I will bring you up onto the floor. We would love to have you come up on the floor with us and, and talk thing, all things Houston Rockets. And as we say that, Ray, we have our buddy Ryan Santoro coming up uh, here. Ryan, how are you? Happy Thursday. What do you have for the show this evening? Ryan, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah, Ryan, you. my man, my friend, what do you have for the show this evening with Ray Lucas and myself? So as I'm shooting hoops at the gym right now, I just had a thought in my head. Okay. So, you, did you guys see, I tagged you in it earlier, John Collins is a free agent. Yep. You can't sleep on that. We got to get him ASAP. <clears throat> Um, before I touch on Ray, what are your thoughts on, on John Collins? Because in all honesty, I feel like whatever offer he gets, I feel like Atlanta is going to match. Do you agree? Yeah, I'd be really surprised if they didn't match him because, um, obviously he paid, he played himself into a bigger contract, but he also played himself into a bigger role with the Hawks. They definitely don't get as far as they did in the playoffs without him. So it's going to be really tough to get him because if I'm Atlanta, there's no way that I'm letting him walk unless the contract is just ridiculous. But I don't see that happening. What do you think, uh, Ryan, you first, what do you think is a ridiculous contract for John Collins? Uh, Ridiculous, like years or like offer on the the table? Uh, I mean, do you feel like, do you think a ridiculous, you know, five years, $125 million? And Alex, we will get to you in. Oh, Alex is five gone. years. Five years, one hundred twenty-five. No, because if they bring in John Collins, I think Kelly Olynyk doesn't get re-signed. So, um, I don't know. I mean, he showed a lot in the in the playoffs. They got that far with just Trey Young and John Collins. So I, I wouldn't say it's too crazy. Okay. Um. Ryan, real quick, we have another uh, request to speak here from uh, Alex Brown. Alex, what do you have for the show this evening? Hey, what's up, guys? Um, so, you guys mentioned Kelly Olynyk. Is that what do you think a Kelly Olynyk contract would look like, and do you think the Rockets would give it to him? Ray, what are, what are your thoughts as it pertains to Kelly Olynyk and free agency this offseason? Uh, I think it's it's tough because um, obviously a contender is not going to offer him as much as the Rockets would just because, you know, they're trying to fit things together and bring him in when they already have a lot of big contracts. I Honestly, numbers-wise, Michael, I'll let you offer one up first and then I'll go along with it because I can't think of numbers off the top of my head. But 
I will say, I, I keep saying this about everybody. I'm starting to feel bad. But I also don't think he'll be back next year just because uh, I think the appeal for going to go play with the contender, I mean, everyone saw how Giannis and Milwaukee, how that city just was going all out for their champions. And I think a lot of guys are going to want to go and experience that quickly because Kelly Olynyk obviously is not old, but he definitely has more basketball behind him than he has in front of him. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be tough for him to not want to go to a contender. So before I throw out numbers uh, on that, we brought up our friend Jonathan. Jonathan, how are you? What are your thoughts uh, as it pertains to the conversation of Houston Rockets offseason? Yeah, hey, guys. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you can hear me, but thanks for having me. This is actually convenient since I'm on, on, the, I'm on the West Coast, but uh, – the the thing for me is like Steven Silas has been has been preaching versatility this whole season. So if we're gonna get a big man, I think we're gonna get a guy that can shoot from the perimeter. And I didn't really see too much of John Collins in the playoffs, but I didn't get the sense that he could really shoot from the outside. And I think that's why Kelly Olynyk was so valuable uh, to the team last year. So if anything, if we don't sign Kelly, I think we look for a big man that can actually space the floor. He's you know. So I don't know what what you guys think about that. Yeah, Jonathan, great point. Um, Ray, getting back to your point, I think the numbers for Kelly Olenek, I think are going to depend, my man. I think there's – if he goes to a contender, I think he's going to go on a short-term deal. Very IE Montrez Harrell with the Lakers who signed a two-year deal with a second-year player option for, I think, $9 million. Um, I think – let me ask. Let me ask you this, Ray. First, I mean, if would you put a three-year, fifty million dollar contract on the table for Kelly Olynyk if you were the Rockets? I think that's fair, especially that with how fair. he played um, and how he embraced Houston. Because not only was he impactful on the court, but clearly he was fine with the rebuild. He was fine with everything, and those are the type of guys that you need to really develop a winning culture and. So, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely be comfortable with that. I think uh, we were talking about John Wall earlier. I think the faster you can move that contract, the more money you get to spend on guys like Kelly Olenek and just trying to get other guys. But I think that's definitely fair and reasonable. Uh, John, I mean, Jonathan, well, first of all, before we continue this, and, it, and if everybody can throw their, their, their uh, mic on mute real quick, I want to I want to put okay. this out there because I do feel like this is something that needs to be discussed. What are in in the everybody that we have up in the in the chat right now? We've got Ray, we've got John, we've got Ryan, we've got Tobias. I don't trust the owner of the Houston Rockets, Tillman Fertitta, to spend money this offseason. Until until I'm proven otherwise, I genuinely don't believe I feel, you know, we're doing this show. We're talking about free agency. There's a lot of guys I want to get to. There's Tim Hardaway Jr. There's Rashawn Holmes. There's Will Barton Jr. There's Nerlens Noel. And I'm going to get to you, Ray, because you and I, you know, are hosting the show together. What are your thoughts on, and I know you and I have talked about this before, but now that we have literally reached the offseason, do you trust ownership to spend money on this roster as currently constructed. I don't trust them, but I think they're also in a position where you're going to lose the fan base if you decide not to, because obviously we've seen how the Harden stint with it went and how it could have been different if they decided to pay the luxury tax. And um, just with uh, such a young team, you have the opportunity to come in and bring young talent in. I mean, there's all types of guys like, I think Lonzo Ball might be a tough guy to get, but there's guys like I'd like to see Devontae Graham. I think he could have an impact, obviously not if they bring in Jalen Green. This all kind of depends on who they draft, but um, I really like Malik Monk. I think a guy like Laurie Markkinen can thrive, especially if the pick is Jalen Green because then Evan Mobley wouldn't be back there. Then you have Laurie and Christian Wood, and he's going to be a lot cheaper than getting John Collins. And Yeah, so I think it's just a really great time for the Rockets to invest in young players and start to change that culture because it's not like there needs to be 
an all-star sign, an all-star signing to come in and change things in Houston. Like it comes little by little. Like if they was to get guys like Gary Trent and they come in and they shift into a winning culture and everyone merges together. But like you said, it all starts with spending money and they haven't shown Tillman Fertitta hasn't shown in the past that it's something that he's willing to do. And it held the Rockets back from what could have been. And, but I mean, people learn from their mistakes and maybe they will because it's just, it's just tough seeing how the way the Warriors were constructed and then the way they kind of fell off, this feels like it would have been a prime moment for the Houston Rockets to take over the league. Um, if they would have spent more money, then maybe they could have kept James Harden happy, Russell Westbrook happy. already had Christian Wood. But, yeah, it's, it's just tough to really imagine them fixing or learning from their mistakes. Does anybody else love the fact that, Ray, correct me if I'm wrong, P.J. Tucker won the NBA championship this year, and the way he left Houston was was awful. I think he just dogged it out of Houston, which sucked to see. But he went through, if you look at the 2018 Houston Rockets starting five, he went through the other four guys to win a championship, correct? Yeah, that's right. How, how crazy is that? Like, he it's went like- through Trevor Ariza in round one, um, he went through what Clay Capella. He went through Trevor Ariza. He went through Chris Paul. And he went through James Harden. That's just one of those things with sports. When it just there's always a story, and obviously, you know, we didn't really catch wind of it until they beat the Nets, and then they was about to play against Chris Paul, and everyone was like, "Oh wow!" Like he has the opportunity to go through some of his old teammates in order to win a ring. But that's just one of the best parts in sports is that there's always some type of story. There's always some type of coincidence. And I think it's super impressive because it's not like he was some guy that was just a role player. He was coming off the bench, barely playing any minutes. Like he was a very meaningful player in Houston. And then he was also a key part in the Milwaukee Bucks winning a championship with the way he defended Jimmy Butler and then the way he defended Kevin Durant and so on. So, that's just – I know he has a lot of bragging rights. I don't know how close all of those guys still are, but if they are, then he'll definitely be able to laugh about it for a very long time. So, Jonathan, since you brought up um, Kelly Olynyk, what are your thoughts at three years, $50 million for Kelly Olynyk? Would you be in favor of that? Uh, so what is that, like 16 mil a year? I mean, that I think that's reasonable because that's that's a tradable contract, you know, at the end of the day, if he doesn't want to go to a contender. Um, how old is he? He's over 30, right? So he's 30, he's 30 years old. But here's the thing you can't, I don't think you can talk about, and I'm not telling you what to talk about, but I think like you can't look at these guys as trade assets at this point. The Rockets need to develop guys, that's what they need to be in the business of. You can't sign Kelly Olynyk to just trade him in a year. Like, do you feel like he's a viable part of this rotation and is a viable part of this organization for the next three years if you sign him? I mean, honestly, based on age, it's hard to say that when your young core is 25 and under and then you you got a guy at center being, that's 30 already. So he's going to be 33 at the end of the contract. You know, I I don't, I don't know if he's a good, he's a long-term piece, but he'd, he'd be a good short-term piece to at least learn, you know, the, the actual, I guess the, the professional ways of the NBA from, especially with these young guys that we have on the roster. So, you know, I guess he'd be good for the locker room in that respect, but yeah, I don't know about long-term three years. That's fair. Alex, I'm going to send you back down into the chat just for now. Uh, we've got some other people that want to come up and talk, but I appreciate all the, the back and forth. We appreciate you listening. Uh, Alex Edwards, you are new into the the conversation tonight. What is you, what are your thoughts uh, as it pertains to Houston Rockets offseason? What do you got? Uh, well, um, I, I don't know what they have for cap space, but they've got a ton of money to spend because our cheap ass owner has gotten rid of all major contracts for the most part outside of Aaron Gordon and John Wall. So they've got enough money to spend for this upcoming offseason. And then there's, like, the question on who is, like, you know, wanting to come to a rebuilding or selling team. But um, I guess, 
like I, I I'm I'm like in the fifty fifty mold of you can go Jalen Green or Evan Mobley, uh, because I it, it to me it's you know it is what it is because when you get Jalen Green you get a secondary ball handler a really good creator and uh, you already have John Wall who's pretty solid too and then when you get Evan Mobley you have one of the better uh, uh, what's it called defensive players in the league that can switch and rim protect so. I'm like well, either four in the draft. Well, he gives you something that you don't have right now, which is a rim protector. Uh, Ryan Santoro, what are your thoughts between Jalen Green and Evan Mobley? Um, it's it'd be uh pretty freaking crazy to pass up on Jalen Green. Um, actually, do you guys know who Jackson Gatlin is? He does his own podcast, and uh, yes, sir. Yep. yeah, we're a big fan of Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, today he had uh, Jalen Green's uh, high school coach as a guest uh, on his show. And uh, from what his high school coach had said, makes me really, it makes me want Jalen Green more than even Cade Cunningham at this point. Ooh, that's a hot take right there. Yeah. Uh, Ray, what are your, what are your thoughts? Um, as it pertains to Green versus Mobley, what what squad are you in? I don't think I use the term that is associated with either Mobley or Green by saying squad. Uh, this one's a fun topic. This it's been yeah, on I fire. I moved since. a little bit away from free agency, but we'll get back to it in a few because I do want to get your take specifically on a couple guys that I have written down. Uh, mm-hmm. but what are your thoughts on Green versus Mobley? Where do you lean? So honestly, um, during, when I, as I was watching the NCAA tournament, I started to lean towards Evan Mobley as being the best player in the draft. But then I realized, okay, Cade Cunningham is probably going to be more NBA ready, which is why he's going to be the number one pick. But honestly, when I look at this NBA draft, I don't think that they that there is anyone that has a ceiling as high as Evan Mobley's because the way they talk about him is you know, all-time great defender. But if you have an all-time great defender and they could become great on the offensive end, which he's shown flashes of, then I think that makes the prospect that much more special because I like Jalen Green a lot. He's someone that I've been watching since high school. Uh, Highlights all over Instagram since, like, before I was even in college. So, you know, I just really enjoy watching him. But one thing is – Jalen Green's going to be great on offense, and Evan Mobley's going to be great on defense. But will Jalen Green's defense be better than Evan Mobley's offense? And I think that's when you start to look at a prospect overall and all around. And I just think Evan Mobley, he kind of slipped because his game's not as pretty. It's not as flashy, but it's still really, really effective. And if you go back and watch him at USC, there was just so many times when it just looked effortless. But he also played in a college offense where – he was a big man, so he's not going to be putting up a ton of shots. But you take Evan Mobley, and if he can fill out his frame, I think he's by far the scariest prospect in the draft. It's just with any prospect in the draft, it's all about if. And so we can say so-and-so can be the best if this happens, but obviously it has to happen. But, yeah, I think I'm really high on Evan Mobley. And I don't, I wouldn't say it would be a mistake for Houston to pass on him because I think Jalen Green is also a really, really, really good prospect. I just think if I was choosing, I'd take Evan Mobley. Uh, we brought up Alex Bittar into the um, speaker request. Alex, how are you? Happy Thursday. What do you have for the show this evening? Thank you, and I have one thing to say before I leave. Thank you for James. Okay, Alex. Well, congrats. You got a guy that we loved for years and never was able to bring the Houston Rockets to an NBA championship. So uh, you're welcome. I assume that you're a Nets fan. And congrats on getting a guy that will help you get to the conference finals. And that's about it. Um, Mike, he just became a Nets fan. That's what happened. He just became a Nets fan. No, I mean, it's fine. I mean, I totally understand it. And I'll be honest. I, I'll be honest to everybody listening to this show right now. I spent years defending James Harden over Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis shut up everybody, Ray. I mean, in all honesty, man, like, were you a guy that defended 
Harden over Giannis for years like I was, or, or where were you with that? Yeah, definitely, because, you know, one thing about that whole situation is I think people think that James Harden was just randomly taking shots at Giannis, and it, his Harden's comments came after uh, Giannis's about not passing the ball, like when they were doing the All-Star draft. So I think that comment is taken out of context, but I also just really love James Harden's game overall. But, man, Giannis, that last game of the finals was – I try to think of one, and I can't think of a – game that I've seen that showed a play that was more dominant than that. Like, everyone talks about Shaq. When Shaq was dominating the league, I was really young. I was born in 1998, so I don't have too many memories of Shaq backing down everyone, and obviously you could watch through highlights, but it's a little different when you're watching it live. Like, that was, it was dominating unreal. on the offensive end, the defensive end, and he just looked locked in the whole time. It was that was, it was scary. Special. No, it was scary. And and I removed all speakers besides myself and Ray because I, I want to switch topics here. And if you do have something as it pertains uh, to free agency that you would like to talk about, we'll bring you up one by one. Hit that speaker request button. But, Ray, I kind of want to move back to the free agency talk here um, and get your take on a couple guys and, and let me know where you're leaning as of a couple of days ago, it does look like the Rockets are one of the teams that are most heavily pursuing Damian Lillard, guard from the uh, Portland Trailblazers. Uh, your first thoughts on that story coming out uh, a couple of days ago about the Rockets and Lillard? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm biased because, you know, every time we talk about um, the Houston Cougars, you always talk about, you could say you're lying. This is your cue right here. Man. Blessed. But um, yeah, blessed. Like, anytime we mention the Houston Cougars, uh, you get excited. But for those in the chat that don't know, I go to Weber State. And so anytime you mention Damian Lillard, who's literally all that we have here, um, I just – That's that Crazy. It's like I don't know how well he'd fit the Rockets is the only problem because he wants to compete for a championship. And I think the Rockets are going to have to spend a lot of money in order to get him that championship roster. But, man, Damian Lillard would be really fun to watch uh, in Houston. I don't see it happening, though. But, like I said, you know, when you go to Weber State, that's all we got. (laughs) So, anytime you mention Damian Lillard, I'm like, yeah, put him in a Rockets jersey. But, realistically, I I don't see it happening. That's fair. Uh, Let's bring up Tyler Dobbs, new to the room, uh, to talk about all things Houston Rockets free agency. Tyler, welcome to the show. Uh, based on your profile picture, you're an Oklahoma City Thunder fan. So, first off, let me apologize uh, for your fandom there, it appears like. And uh, welcome your Oklahoma Sooners to the uh, SEC. What do you have for the show this evening? Um, they're going to get – I mean, they're just probably – they're probably going to lose to Alabama. I mean, there's no doubt. Okay. They get right. past that. Yeah. But I feel like – the Rockets. Boomer Sooner. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing with the Rockets is I feel like, obviously, leaving, having James Harden leave is definitely – Big part of that offense, so you're probably gonna have to draft like a like a you're, gonna, you're probably gonna draft a guard, maybe Jalen Suggs, maybe someone like that. Uh, if they draft Jalen Suggs at number two, I will burn my house down. I mean, <laughs> again, number two, yeah, you're right. You have yeah, they're not taking Suggs at number two. I like Suggs if they were to trade down, um, but I, I mean. Ray, tell you know, talk me out of this that I don't feel like they have to take a guard at number two because they have Kevin Porter Jr. They've got Eric Gordon already under contract. You've got DJ Augustine. You've got some pretty good guard play on this team. They need a big man in the middle. And the thing that I have I have said since day one is if you do not take Evan Mobley at two, I'm okay with that. But you need to tell me a legitimate plan for man in the middle at some other point in this draft or I mean, in free agency. Again, again, a big man would definitely help that team out. The thing with Houston is that if they don't draft a big man, I'm kind of concerned about Houston as a whole at this point, like just the whole area of sports in that team, in that one area of Texas. Well, I mean, Maybe we do have points. one of the best baseball teams in the, in yeah, baseball, but I mean, so we're again, fine. The Astros are a good team. I'm a Rangers. No, fan, the so. Astros are a great team. So, I mean, yeah, I'm a Americans fan, fan, so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Tyler, we're just giving you a hard time. But, it's, yes, it's we're, we're – Again, the Astros, University of Houston basketball team just went to the Final Four. 
the Astros are one of the best teams in Major League Baseball. The city of Houston is fine as a whole. Great Mexican food, a uh, bunch of good Italian places. But, yes, I totally understand where you're coming from. But, again, outside, again, like, Houston is a good team, but you're, you're always, Houston, the Astros are always going to get ragged on for the 2017 season. They're, it's always going to happen. It's Why? Just, because Major League Baseball decided to give them immunity and the Astros were honest about the situation at hand? Well, because they were caught. Congrats. We have a bunch of guys living in their basement that want to be keyboard warriors and go after Astros fans for the season that they had in 2017. They were three years again. They forever will be your 2017 World Series champions. It's fine. I mean, again, it was years ago. I really don't care at this point. It's like. But but the the Rangers do play you tomorrow. I don't think they play. Do they play the Astros tomorrow? I don't know. Yeah, Whoever yeah. the Astros play tomorrow, they're probably going to win. But uh, moving back to the to the Rockets, yes, I totally agree with you that the Rockets need some guard help. They need help all over their roster. Ray, would you agree with that statement? Yeah, and I think the thing about guards is everyone's talking about Jalen Green's offensive potential, but I think the way that basketball is trending and the way that basketball is going to be trending for a long time is there are a lot of guards that are really talented scorers and we just don't see it yet. Like, we'll see it when they get to the league and they start to do these special things when the ball's in their hands. But, I mean, when you just look at the high school level of basketball, when you look at all around college, you just see so many guys that can fill it up. And that's the way basketball is just trending. And so, like you are saying, I don't think a guard necessarily needs to be the pick at two because while Jalen Green has – Lots of offensive potential. I think there's a lot of other guys that are in the same boat. It's literally, if you just pay attention to Nike EYBL and look around at some of these guys, the high school level is way more advanced than it was. And the talent in the NBA right now is way further than it was in the past. And it's just going to continue to go in that direction because there's more access and there's more exposure to young players. Um, and, just I mean, refining their craft. So I don't think that – I think it's weird to assume that to get an offensive juggernaut, it has to be the two pick and it has to be Jalen Green because there's guys like if Josh Christopher can become a great three-point shooter, which to do that, all you, you have to do is spend, yeah, all you you do is spend time in the gym. Like it's it's an easy fix if you're, if you're a little bit inconsistent with your jump shot, then there's a summer and a basketball and a gym and – it'll get just right as long as you keep shooting it with confidence. So Again. I think I think we're underestimating um, a lot of the other guys in the draft. And it doesn't also have to be this draft. It could be guys that are laying low and we'll see them in the next draft. Like, it's not like um, Houston's just going to jump. I, I'd be really surprised if they weren't a lottery team next year is basically what I'm saying. So there's well, going to be pretty sure. guys. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the Rockets are going to make the Western Conference Finals next year, but that's a conversation for a different. Oh yeah, okay. NBA champions. Uh, I mean, I mean that's time. a very bold take. That's like saying, "Oh yeah, so our all our sixth graders are just going to magically graduate high school next year and just become a college level athlete." I mean, I mean NBA like talent and just sweep through the Western. Oh, it's actually sweep Tyler, through the Tyler, Tyler, we appreciate you being a part of the show tonight. We got some other speaker requests. Uh, but hang out in the chat. We would love to bring you back towards the end of the show. But we appreciate your your feedback, my man. Uh, bringing on Hunter here on the show. Hunter, thank you so much uh, for joining the show with uh, myself and the GOAT, Raymond Lucas. Hunter, what do you have for us tonight as it pertains to 2021 free agency with the Houston Rockets? Yeah, g'day, guys. Uh, you might have said this before I jumped in, but I think we should definitely look to try and get Nerlens Noel as the big man during the free agency. Uh, Hunter, first of all, uh, your accent is fantastic. Uh, I feel like it's a welcome addition to the show. Ray, I feel like you should agree. Is that accurate? Yep, definitely. Perfect. Um, Nerlens Noel is a guy that I have written down on my list of guys that I want to talk to you about, Ray. Uh, Nerlens Noel will be the per- perfect addition to this team. Uh, I feel like he's going to garner some sort of contract between one to three years, four to six million dollars a year, and I would sign him to that in about five seconds flat. Where are you on Nerlens Noel? Yeah, I think anytime you could get a center that plays above the rim, uh, impact shots at the rim, it's a big win, especially when you have Christian Wood. They won't be able to help like. They did at times this season by 
just sending up another defender from the block because there's a constant lob threat down there that we didn't really see this year. And that's how you unlock the offense further because if you could throw a lob, obviously it changes a lot. We've seen it with Houston when they were in the bubble and they lost to the Lakers. That was one of the well, one of the biggest cripples on them was that they didn't have a big man down there to catch lobs. So Russell Westbrook, he either had to take a three or he had to go to the hoop and Anthony Davis would just be there waiting for him. And obviously the Rockets aren't going to be playing playoff basketball next year. Well, maybe, but we could assume that they're not going to be playing these playoff, these playoff, playoff basketball minutes next year, but it's still super important to kind of develop that culture and develop guys just in case you do land a superstar and then all of a sudden things change overnight. But yeah, like you said, Nerlens Noel, that'd be huge. And I really like his defense. I think he's progressed really well since his time at Kentucky and yeah, I'd love to see him in Houston. Hunter, do you have any other guys that we can discuss about free agency here on the show this evening? Yeah, so I've sort of structured my free agency around the idea that we're getting Jalen Green. So I've been looking at big men, and I really like Sean Holmes when he was in Phoenix. And then last year in Sacramento, he's, like, exploded through his own ceiling. So that would be another dude I'd look to get. Yeah, Rashawn Holmes is very, very high on my list over the past couple shows. Jeremy and I have talked about Rashawn Holmes a lot. But, Ray, you and I have not discussed Rashawn Holmes. Um, I'm a little discouraged by what he said today in an interview saying that he was eyeing uh, some sort of team that could give him a potential playoff run. Uh, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, that I feel like if the Rockets do the draft and, and free agency right, I feel like this team could be a potential playoff team next season. Potentially, if the Rockets offer him more money than any other team uh, out there, I feel like he could become a Houston Rocket. Uh, but what are your initial thoughts on one Rashawn Holmes uh, unrestricted free agent out of Sacramento. Yeah, so fun random fact about Rashawn Holmes is uh, me being from Seattle, I have not been able to go to many NBA games over since dating back to, I don't even know, 2008, I believe. I've gone to two. One of them was the Portland Trailblazers against the Chicago Bulls when Derrick Rose got hurt again. So that's not a great memory. And the second one was the Kings versus the Jazz. I believe it was in 2019. And Rashawn Holmes really stood out to me because he finished over Gobert twice. And the way he plays is just a ferociousness when he goes up. And I like that aggressiveness, especially in a big man, when your mindset when you get the ball down low is to go and punch it. So ever since that game, he's just stood out to me. And then I started to watch him a little more, and I realized he does this often. He likes to finish above the rim. He likes to finish hard. And But, yeah, it's discouraging that he's looking for a playoff team to join because depending on how he uh, views Houston and what they do, that could determine whether or not they're a candidate for them. But as a player, I really enjoy watching him play because – when you're a big man, you got to be able to go up and finish, especially if you're going to be playing. Like, for example, when you were watching the Suns and the Suns against the Bucks, there were times when I don't think Aiton went up as hard as he should have. And that's not really anything against DeAndre Aiton because he's down there with Giannis. But um, I think it's just a mentality that some big men have and other big men don't. And sometimes guys forget how big they are. And Rashawn Holmes never seems to forget that. Yeah, that's a good point. Hunter, thank you so much for being a part of the show. We are going to move on to a couple other speakers that we have, but stay in the chat. We'd love to have you uh, part of the show either later tonight or uh, our next couple shows coming up. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Thank you, man. Uh, moving to one Alex Brown, legend out of Houston, Texas. Alex, what do you have free agency-wise uh, for this evening? Uh, so I know we were talking about Damian Lillard. I have two questions actually. So number one is what would a Damian Lillard trade look like? And then also if we do take Jalen Green, even though I personally also with Ray and I think we need to draft Evan Mobley, but if Cleveland takes Evan Mobley, should the Rockets go after Jared Allen in a sort of sign and trade? So what do you guys think about that? Man, it's a great question. Uh, Ray, I will let you take that first part, and I will uh, play cleanup. Yeah, I think that was a missed opportunity, not bringing Jared Allen to Houston initially. I think, I mean, I know Rocket fans are saying that, you know, they think the trade went just fine, but I disagree. I think even 
if it would have been Ben Simmons that came to Houston when you have the number two pick in the draft, it obviously means that there was a lot of room for improvement. I think Jared Allen would have improved this team along with Chris LeVert. And then I think obviously Ben Simmons would have improved this team immensely. So bringing Jared Allen in, another guy who plays above the rim and his rim protecting is there are very few players that defend the rim better than he better than he can. And so if the pick is Jalen Green, obviously you're going to need that defense down low because I don't think Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green are going to be able to stop too many guys out on the perimeter at this stage in their career and the age that they are and the strength that they don't yet have. So he'd be perfect down there, especially because Kevin Porter Jr. is transitioning to a point guard. He's shown that he has vision. He's shown that if he drives and the defense collapses on him, that he could flick it up. And Jared Allen is a guy who could go and get it. Yeah, man, I I feel like the Rockets dropped the ball, Ray, when it came to the James Harden trade. Uh, It's an F- minus for me with the return that they got. Jared Allen would have been a nice consolation prize because he's the perfect guy for this team. You know, uh, would you agree or disagree with the sentiment that if Evan Mobley can develop at the next level, he's basically Jared Allen? Nice offensive game. He's got a little bit more offensive game than Jared Allen, but I feel like Jared Allen is better than Evan Mobley defensively. You know, would you agree with the fact that you would hope that Evan Mobley turns into Jared Allen-esque at the next level? I think if he turned into Jared Allen, I'd be surprised that that was all that he turned into. I think that's just how I feel about Evan Mobley. But obviously him getting to that stage where he starts to pass Jared Allen would be huge because Jared Allen is better at uh, defending the paint. But I think Evan Mobley can eventually get there, especially like we were saying, if he bulks up and keeps getting that athleticism, he keeps getting that defensive awareness that he already has. But guys are always able to improve in little things, even things that they're great at. There's always room for improvement. So right. Ray, let me ask you this real quick. And and good friend of the show, I feel like he's a distant cousin of the family at this point, Matthew, says if he's Allen referring to Evan Mobley, he's a bust. This guy is supposed to be a star. Well, we're talking about Jared Allen getting, what, 80 to $100 million? That's a star in this league. I feel like, I mean, if if I told you Evan Mobley would be Jared Allen, would you take Evan Mobley with the the number two pick over over Jalen Green? Truthfully, I agree with Matthew. Um, okay. I mean, honestly, he's a guy that <laughs> comes up a lot when I'm on TikTok. So sure. his takes usually are things that I agree with. But I think I'm expecting more from Evan Mobley. I'm expecting him to be okay. bigger than that. I'm expecting Evan Mobley to be this generational guy, even if Houston – has decided that they want Jalen Green, or Houston fans have decided they want Jalen Green. I think Evan Mobley is still just that good. And I think it gets, like I was saying, I think it gets uh, looked past because his game is not as pretty as the guards. But sure. I think this is a guy who I really believe is going to dominate the league if he's able to fill out, if he's able to build muscle. I don't think he'll be the overnight bloomer. I don't think he'll be the rookie of the year guy, but. I think that he, without a doubt, can be the best player in the draft because of his vision, because of his shooting. His jump shot is a lot better than people give him credit for because, I mean, the guy is seven foot shooting threes. That's not that's not an easy thing. So I don't know if I'd say he's a bust if he's Jared Allen, but I would say it'd be really disappointing if Jared Allen was all that he became. That's no disrespect to Jaylen, Jared Allen. I just think Evan Mobley just has another level of versatility that Allen doesn't. Sure. Alex, we're going to move to Ryan. Thank you so much for your contribution. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks. All right, Ray, we're going to take our last speaker of the night, and then we're going to move to a couple guys I want to get your take on before we wrap the show up. Of the show, we're going to move to Ryan Santoro. Ryan finished the speaker request uh, lineup up this evening. What do you got? Um, so I was looking, I, I, someone already said Jarrett Allen, but would we not, would we not like, uh, I know he's been on to a lot of teams and he, he's been known for shocking a full MVP, but we wouldn't like JaVale McGee. 
Ooh, JaVel McGee is a very interesting name to me. I feel like JaVel McGee is going to chase a ring at this point, but Ray, what are your thoughts on one JaVel McGee? Yeah, I agree. I love JaVel McGee. Um, he just he has an energy even at this point of his career where he's all over the floor. He was a very big part of why the Lakers won a championship, and it was obvious that they missed his impact this season. But, yeah, like you were saying, I think he's going to chase a ring. I wouldn't be surprised if – I don't know where he'll end up, but I think it will definitely be a contending team. Wouldn't it be a shock if he ended up on Milwaukee for on a super low contract just because he's in that stage of his career where he can come – and be a meaningful player, but he also doesn't have to play a super big role, which means not a super big contract. Yeah. Ryan, do you have any other guys that you would like to discuss uh, before um, we... Yeah, and then I brought him up before. We had him before, and we didn't give him a lot of time, but I do like Isaiah Hartenstein, too. Yeah, Isaiah Hartenstein would be a guy that has a low-cost... Uh, guy to bring in, I would be a big fan of. Ray, what are your thoughts on Isaiah Hartenstein? Yeah, I'm all for bringing in bigs, especially keep saying this, but especially if the pick is in Evan Mobley. Um, anytime you can bring in bigs and at least see what they can do. If they don't work out, then they don't work out. But at this point, you don't really have much to lose because it is a roster that does not have a lot of size. And the Milwaukee Bucks showed that you need size in this league and they finally were able to utilize it correctly. They didn't do it against the Nets in the first two games. But, I mean, yeah, there were injuries. But eventually they stopped playing like they weren't the biggest team on the floor. And I think I don't think it will change the league and make it go back to where big men dominate. But I think it's showing that if you don't have a big man, then you're going to have issues because uh, when Dario Sark went out, it was just DeAndre Ayton and Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder's not big enough and Ayton's not fast enough, so – you got to find that big man and you got to have depth because if one of them fouls out, then you don't want to be stuck with, oh, well, guess we're not going to be able to stop this guy. Right. We one, appreciate you as always, my can man. I have one, can I name one more? One more. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Willie Cauley Stein or no? Uh, Willie Cauley Stein sucks, in my opinion, but if Ray wants to talk me into Willie Cauley Stein, I'm all ears. Uh, Willie Cauley Stein has fell off the face of the earth. I used to hear about him all the time, uh, especially when he was at Kentucky. I don't think I've seen Willie Cauley Stein on my timeline in the last two years. So either I'm not following the right person or he's not doing the right things. Well, all right. Well, my last thoughts are uh, I would love to see a John Collins in a Rockets uniform, but if that jeopardizes – Bringing back a Linux, I don't, I don't know. It just, let's see how it goes. Absolutely, Ryan. We appreciate you as always, my man. Of course, man. Later, guys. Thank you. All right, right before we wrap the show up, I, I think it's, I think it's important to to talk about a couple things. Number one, it cannot be overstated how important this draft is to the future of this team. Am I right or not right with that statement? Yeah, you can't afford to miss. 100% can't afford to miss, especially with how stressful it was just to keep your pick. Like, this is the basketball god saying, all right, we let you guys keep your pick. We're going to help you guys out because, unfortunately, James Harden didn't work out in Houston. So we're going to give you this opportunity. Do not mess it up. And I don't think they can mess up the top three picks, regardless of if it's Mobley or Green or if it's Cade Cunningham, obviously, if he somehow falls. I think the later picks is what's going to be more important because either they'll package those. I wouldn't be opposed to packaging those and moving up in the draft or packaging those and getting a decent young player. It just it depends on the flow of the draft and who's available. You never really know until the draft happens because there's always surprises. But, yeah, this is one that you can't mess up because you have the number two pick in the draft and you have two other first-round picks. So you have to nail these. You have to nail at least two of them. If one of them doesn't pan out, then, I mean, I don't know a team that's had three first-round picks that all hit. So, But you need to nail at least two of them, especially the highest one. A couple other guys I want to run by you before we wrap the show up. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., what are your thoughts as a uh, potential fit in Houston? 
he was really impressive in Dallas. Um, I think him with Steven Silas would be really interesting because obviously that's he came from Dallas. I think Sam Hardaway Jr., he has an underrated ability to create his own shot. And it's kind of surprising that it's underrated because we've seen him in those. I mean, it doesn't really mean much, but I remember when he was in the Rising Stars game, he showed he was going against Deion Waiters and he showed a handle and he showed that he can create off the dribble. And obviously Deion Waiters playing defense isn't the best example of that, but it's still, if you can create your own shot, you can create your own shot. It doesn't really, you can see it regardless unless like it's Kawhi on you or something like that. So he's a guy that's super interesting to me. I think he instantly makes, a lot of these guys instantly make the Rockets better, but I think his shot making, his ability to play off the ball, because we've seen it with Luka, he doesn't have to have the ball in his hand to make an impact. He'll be able to sit there and wait on the wing or in the corner while KPJ breaks down his defender and then someone helps, then he'll be able to kick out. He's a guy who I think would thrive in Houston, and he'd be around for a while too. As a low a lower cost type of guy. What are your thoughts on Will Barton Jr. as a fit in Houston? Well, I like Will Barton's energy a lot. I remember the game when Denver was playing Portland. It was the game that went to a bunch of overtimes, and Will Barton, through all those overtimes, he was still out there looking like (laughs) the game had just started. The energy he had was crazy, and I think, that's something that Houston needs as well. He's developed more offensively. He's He plays his role really well. Like He's not going to have these big breakout scoring games, and he's not going to have a bunch of memorable, memorable games, but he does impact winning. And, I mean, look at Denver. Denver is a team that they get it from everybody. It's not just Jamal Murray or it's not just Nikola Jokic that's doing it by themselves. It's a team effort. And this year we've seen it more Jokic, but, all the past couple of years, it's been each of those guys. So I think he's another guy who comes in and instantly brings a winning culture because you don't have to win a championship in my eyes to influence a winning culture. Like you don't have to come in a champion. I think a guy who's been in the playoffs, played some meaningful games that instantly changes the culture. He becomes a veteran. He helps the younger guys, but he's also not like this super old player who's just going to be, like just kind of slugging his feet out there. Like I think he has a lot of basketball left in him. The last guy I want to talk about uh, in this free agency class is, do you feel like now that he's won a championship, P.J. Tucker would be welcomed back to this roster, to this organization? And I if he, so, do you feel like he would be a relatively good fit at a decent price for the Rockets for the next, I would say, two years to usher in this new uh, this new era of Houston Rockets basketball. Yeah, I think he'd be welcomed back, but I don't think there's a chance that he'd leave um, to have a guy leave after being such an impactful. There's no way that Milwaukee is going to let him walk out the door. Obviously, they're not going to pay him a whole bunch, but they're, the pitch that they're going to have is going to be better than anyone else's. And they're going to say, hey, you get to come back and have the chance to repeat as a champion. And... When you have that opportunity and you're late in your career, it's really difficult to turn down, especially when you're a key factor to a championship team. So I think he'd be welcome back. I think, you know, guys, when you don't win and you keep running into a super team and you're just having these difficulties, it can be discouraging. That's when you see guys um, take these exits and have these ugly endings with the franchise. But I think Houston would welcome him back, but I also don't think he'll leave. That's fair. Ray, you're the GOAT. This is time to wrap up this episode of SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take podcast. Make sure to follow The Dream Shake on Twitter at DreamShakeSBN. You can follow The Dream Take at The Dream Take on Twitter as well. Make sure to check out Facebook for all things at The Dream Shake of all of our talented writers that post things every single day. Make sure to not miss any single one of those uh, articles, including our very own Ray Lucas Jr. Ray, where can we find you on Twitter, my man? You always hype me up to the max, man. That's um, what I do, Raymond Lucas Jr. Perfect. You can follow me on Twitter at BSW Podcast underscore M. 
be. We will be live again here on Spotify Green Room on Monday evening for another episode of SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take Podcast. And then we will be live on Thursday night for all things NBA Draft 2021. This has been another episode of SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take Podcast. And until next time, Rockets fans, go Rockets! Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Support for Pivot comes from Polestar. At Polestar, every inch of every vehicle they design is thoughtfully made. They're made to transform auto performance, accelerating from 0 to 60 in less than 4.2 seconds with fully electric all-wheel drive. They're made to elevate the driving experience with LED headlights and a panoramic glass roof. And they're made to uphold a greater responsibility to the planet using sustainable materials and energy-saving systems. The result is a car that combines the best of today with the technology of tomorrow. Pure performance, pure design, Polestar. Design yours and book a test drive today at polestar.com.